I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome into Tech Talk. Happy Thursday, one day away. Didn't even let the beat drop. As a musician, it was more of someone who was scrambling to get his stuff together. I can see that. <laughs> Sorry. Finish your intro. Just to reset. Hold on. Deep breaths today. Welcome into Tech Talk. Happy Thursday. You've got us on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. We are live from the first United Bank Studio, three full hours with us as we take you all the way up to six o'clock. At that time, well, no live coverage. There's none. It's the first day we've had none on the board in a long time. Yeah, it's it odd. Is. It's very strange. Yeah. What it's is eerie. there tonight? Do you wish Big 12 played on Thursday nights? Because I kind of do. I, I get the whole... I wish everybody in, else in the Big 12 played on Thursday nights. Well, yeah. I, I wish everybody had to play at least once on a Thursday. Just just kind of toss it in there occasionally. I mean, yeah, pretty well I, everybody well, has this, a big cause, Monday cause you game. Have the, you have like the bye week sort of feel where you know, you're going to have a week off and you don't play till Saturday. Everybody has that. If you switched that out for that week, that was like the Thursday night game. Yeah. I would totally take that. And that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would totally. I think I they could DM. make it to where you could sprinkle in some Thursday night basketball on for the mm-hmm. Big Twelve. But Big Twelve is an ESPN conference as far as basketball goes, because mm-hmm. Big Ten plays some Thursday games on Fox or on FS1. Uh, Big Ten. Yeah, Big Twelve trying, is they're ESPN. They're trying to get away from the Big Twelve so people will watch them. Well, what's the ESPN lineup on Thursday night? It's it's NBA on ESPN on Thursday, so they don't want uh, they don't uh, want to cover up their own product. Uh. They should, they right? Because I would love to cover that up. Yeah, I would love if we had a Thursday night basketball game tonight. Because yeah. it's just sitting there all alone, especially this time of year after football's already gone. I mean, I've I've personally felt attacked and offended that the past couple of Wednesday nights we haven't had a Big Twelve game back to back weeks. I didn't know what to do with my Wednesday night. You know, what are you gonna do with it? Well, it's a Thursday night, so next time it rolls around, have you like know. figured out plans? Uh. Maybe take a uh, one of those pre-bed naps we were talking about yesterday. Pre-bed? Yeah, you know, you take a, you eat, you take a nap, which is my version of accidentally drifting to sleep and then waking back up and be like, oh, I need to go to bed. <laughs> okay. I need to sleep some more. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Don't be productive at all. Clint Scott, Choice Woodman in for Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Poorman behind the glass. You can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline. That number is 806 806- Seven seven one zero nine seven three, or you can hit us up on the Yates Blowing Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, what to do with your Thursday nights. Uh, take us anywhere with the mobile app. Brought to you by Happy State Bank. We're also streaming live on Fox Thirty Four News now and on YouTube. We will talk plenty of Texas Tech baseball. Just a day away. I'm One, excited. It's Baseball Eve. Happy Baseball Eve to you, Choice. Thank you. I am. Uh, I'm thrilled. I say, so, speaking of sleep, will you be able to sleep tonight or? I think so. Excited? I mean, I'm I'm actually gonna hit the road as soon as we're done. So, oh yeah, head, you uh, head to Arlington. So, yeah. got the weekend getaway with the wife. We're gonna go enjoy some Texas Tech baseball. 
the team has not always fared well in this this particular event. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a more successful event here. I'm feeling it. I think you take two of three this weekend. That's where I'm at. Um, I think there's a decent chance you go four and one. You've seen the uh, the pitching announcement from Tennessee as well. Um, it that wasn't the uh, the uh, I guess strong ace candidate that everybody thought. Uh, it would be in Beam. Uh-huh. Instead, it was a uh, AJ Russell. I, have that I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what freshman All American last year? Yeah, still limited really good. stats, but super talented. And you wouldn't expect anything less from as good of a team and good of a program that Tennessee is. Um, but I would say maybe uh, not a shocker, but a little bit of a surprise. I think a lot of people were, I guess, thinking that it was going to be Beam on that Friday night. But you know. I, I think we see different um, coaches have different approaches, obviously. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been plenty of years where Texas Tech's best starter is not your Friday guy. Right. Um, heck, if I remember correctly, last year, Mason Molina, probably your most consistent starter, went on Saturdays most of the time. I think that's correct. Uh, there's been a lot of years like that where your most consistent guy has gone on Saturdays. It may be not what you planned from, from the start, but – um, for whatever reason, some guys uh, went back in a corner or just want that extra day, the second day into the series, uh, and they perform better. So uh, I don't know what the reasoning for Tennessee is here. I wouldn't think it's that, hey, they look at the, the three teams that they're going to play and say Texas Tech is lesser of any of those because I think Texas Tech's probably the most um, – the toughest opponent – that Tennessee will play in mm-hmm. this thing. But uh, that being said, I think the uh, the volunteers still pack quite the punch with their, their rotation and, and who Tech will face tomorrow night. Yeah, I didn't look at that uh, of it not being the guy that I think was maybe, you know, I, I'll say softly expected. Because you never know. Like you said, with, with different coaches' approaches and things like that, just feel like that was a – Something that was just thought because you thought it might go with you saying, like, hey, uh, we'll put our what expected expected to be the best guy on the mound against yeah. the best team we will face. And it was more of that um, rather than this is for sure going to be what the set rotation is whenever we get into more regular weekend series. Um, but like I said, that I, I didn't go from that and seeing it not being beamed going, oh, well, they're going to put out a patsy on the mound. Woo. Sure. That – uh. That park that is not so friendly to the long ball, count 10 of them against Tennessee. <laughs> 10 against Tennessee. I would take it, though. I would take it. Yeah. What are, you, uh, what are you looking for in night one against Tennessee, other than a win? Um, more so, I mean, in baseball, uh, when you've got a lot of new faces out there, which this team has a, a pretty good, decent smattering of new faces as well as returners from last year. Uh, it's it's really to see those new guys more than anything or see guys in different positions. Kevin mm-hmm. Bazell, uh, we saw him catch one game, and it went well uh, last year, the whole year. He came to Texas Tech as a catcher, was forced to play third base because you had basically no one on the roster that could do it consistently for you last year. So uh, Bazell at catcher is one thing I'm, I'm watching for. I, I can't not be excited to watch Pompey at, at shortstop I think I think most people assume he's going to get get the start. Tadlock can surprise us and maybe start a an older guy there uh, and let it be a battle at short. But I think he's 
seemingly won the job. Uh, so I'm extremely excited to see him. Uh, Cade McGee at third base, the transfer from Gonzaga. So it's more about new faces than anything. And Kyle Robinson. He got the Friday night start in game one last year and didn't do so well. He gets to do it all over again. Hopefully no PTSD or anything for him. So um, there's there's a lot of little storylines for Texas Tech. But I think Texas Tech, and I am as homer as it gets, I think Texas Tech is a little underrated coming into the season. They're, they're probably properly rated for what they did last year. But if if things click, if the, if the arms are what they could be, if you live up to some of that potential, this team is – is a regional host at minimum to me. So that list you went down a little bit later in the show, I'm going to make you define, okay. cut cut it to one. We will get to that. Uh, coming up next, though, it's the Juice Headlines Round 1 on Tech Talk. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk. You've got us on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. Headlines round one. It is the juice. Clint Scott, Choice Woodman in for Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Poorman behind the glass. Just real quick before we get to a headline. Uh, this on the chat line. Sorry if I missed it, but where's Gus? He's a... Uh, Doing some college baseball Hall of Fame stuff in Kansas City. He will be back on via Zoom. That is accurate. Tomorrow. Won't be too long. Yeah. So we will get all of Gus's baseball thoughts right before uh, he and Jamie call the first game of the season. That's right. So he'll be hopping on with you pre, uh, I guess, from the ballpark, probably. Yeah. He should be in their booth is what the uh, plan is. So uh, we'll spend an entire segment just him taking us around the stadium. That'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can hear every single game. Have you been to the stadium? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I went to uh, this event two years ago. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. When we lost to Arkansas in the opening game. We, we got there. We were worried about I, – I went with a friend. Uh, could say he's a bro of mine. Uh, <laughs> you should come hang out with us in on the studio sometime. sometime. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, we were worried we weren't going to make – the Michigan game and mostly because of like traffic we were hitting and about the time that I had to leave. Um, the and, one before? Yes. Okay. Th- that was the first night and uh, we got there, got to see the whole thing, got to see the walk-off and was like, boy, if this is a sign for the weekend, it's going to be fantastic. And then uh, Auburn and Arizona uh, didn't have as good of results. Didn't have a terrible showing, but. Yeah. That's the one you're that talking was, about, uh, not the best history of success. Owen Washburn. That was Owen that, Washburn's that walk-off. His first taste of Texas Tech baseball mm-hmm. uh, was the walk-off. So, like, hey, this guy's going to be good. Where where we started, where we were sitting, we were up on the right sideline, uh, kind of in that little pocket there at Globe Life down at the very bottom of like those pockets. seats because they were wide open. That's yeah. my favorite part of this whole thing is it's just, I mean, pick your seat. Thing. Oh yeah, it's it's I, pretty I, good. I, love it. I think it's uh, filled out a little, or I think it'll be filled out a little bit more this sure. this time around. Um, because again, Michigan, you're not gonna have a lot of baseball fans down here in the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee's a, a big, big name uh, that I think their fans travel really well, and it's not that far of a trip for them. So I, I think you're gonna see a pretty good 
um, pretty good crowds at, in Arlington this weekend. I will say though, I was I was surprised with the amount of Michigan fans that were there. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, weekend it is still it was Michigan, surprising. So, yeah. But yeah, not not that I was like, wow, this is the best traveling fan base of all time. Sure. But you could have told me there was like twelve yellow shirts, and I would have believed you. Uh, but we were sitting right there uh, at the at least at the start of that game. Mm-hmm. You know. Right by Washburn. And we're like, dude, this dude's got a cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Uh, you can hear every single game, though, this weekend on Double T 97.3. All of them. All of them. Coverage tomorrow will start at 630. Uh, again, you're facing tar- Tennessee. Tarleton State. I was looking at Tennessee Tilton. and Arlington and was okay. about to say Tarlington. Tarlington. Yeah. Tennessee first. Tarlington uh, State. Softball will be in action this weekend as well. Second tournament that they will... Hit the field for. They are three and two. They're going to San Marcos for the Texas State tournament. They will uh, start at six thirty tomorrow night at the Bobcat Softball Stadium against Sam Houston. They'll also have matchups on Saturday against Tulsa and Texas State, and then on Sunday they'll round out their stay there uh, against Northern Colorado and then Texas State once again. Of course, they're coming off the Joanne Graf Classic uh, in Florida last weekend bad result again for lady raider basketball Shucks. Uh, yeah yeah that's right another slow start oklahoma state went up 17 to 8 in the first quarter never caught back up cowgirls went at 60 to 50 you did have a double double in there from kyla freelon who had 10 points and 13 rebounds uh but that uh, losing skid grows to four and i'm not sure if it's going to get any easier Certainly not the next game as you go to Baylor. That is a Sunday afternoon affair, 2.30 start time for that one over on 107.7. Yes, FM. And a a very important headline here, Choice, for you. EA Sports, college football. I was wondering if you're going to bring this up. Would I? Released the trailer as the popular video game makes its long-awaited return this summer. You will get... More information coming in May, uh, but I would say an entire generation's worth of fans have been waiting this for a very, very long time. Uh, there was supposed to be a teaser uh, a couple uh, during the national championship game. That's right, uh, and it never happened. Was. Which why? I think it. If if I have this right, it never it, it it people thought that they had said that, and they never actually said there was going to be a teaser, and it was like a grown rumor. I'm wondering if there was supposed to be one, but the legal department said we don't have all our ducks in a row yet, or something like that. But yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's. We, I saw this announcement. I was thrilled. It's a real thing. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I'm super excited. Like I have not owned a current video game system since the Wii was still a current video <laughs> game system. You and Jamie Lynn. Uh, I did play a lot on PS3, the NCAA 14 game, mm-hmm. like after there was already a PS4. I am not a video game person. I, it's just mm-hmm. I don't bash those that are. I mean, if you don't you know, live through it. But... This might prompt me. This game here might prompt me to uh, to spend some cash and get a new system. Well, and what's interesting about this, because 
if you're if you're listening to this right now and you're pulling your hair out, you don't care. I get it. I, don't don't get me wrong. I get it. At the end of the day, it's still a video game. But how much this has crept into the actual sporting world? Because this is what shut down the video game in the first place. Was the payment side of it for yeah. for uh, the images of these players? And even though it was like, oh, that's number so and so, like we all know that that is Tim Tebow. His last yeah. name isn't Tebow. You can go in and write right. Tebow. But right, you can you can download likeness, rosters yes. to get it. All, yeah, the likenesses were all used. Now there will be likenesses with actual names. I guess there's still a handful of schools that are holding out, or did they? Did, I don't know if that got resolved. And then you you even had like TCU the individual was one player. Of those at one point, one of the most annoying stories to me that was really really short was like the Caleb Williams thing out of nowhere. Like I'm I won't be in the video game. Okay, you're going to the draft. You won't be in the video game anyways. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. so you have to deal with some of that now. Like and that is in the NIL world. This is now in the actual sporting world. It's in the actual realm of sports even though it's still a video game okay it's crazy how we've got here two questions for you on the video game sorry i'm okay. not trying to hijack this or anything yeah, but one, I have. um one who do you think will be on the cover and who do you think should be on the cover if they use a current athlete i don't know if they're what they used to do to skirt the you know the the nil stuff and and actually be able to pay the cover athlete. You do a Michael guy graduating out. Yeah, my, yeah, Michael Crabtree was on there at one point. You you do someone that's going pro. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to do that. Do you think they will? Well, first, if assuming they'll use a current athlete, because I think that's what they should do. Seeing the transfer portal makes this interesting too. Right? Extremely, because you have, a second, gotta have, you have a second window coming in. up. Yeah, you have to be like you're you're staying so here. So you got to feel confident for sure. This guy and the, uh, and they probably have to have those conversations. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if you sign with us, you have to stay at this school. Otherwise, we have the right to pull right. You're, this you're image. all this mm-hmm. all this money and this image. Yeah, like the contract goes away. I I actually think that there is a Big Twelve candidate for this. I do too. Is it also Ollie Gordon in your brain? That's one that I think has to be on the short list. Because I, I think right now, I, I'm trying to think of, I would say more times than not, they go returning quarterbacks, right? Or, or quarter. And so it yeah, wasn't it's a like quarterback every time, but, yeah. but it was heavy on the quarterback because usually that's like the face of the team and the one that everyone recognizes, even though they couldn't name a single other person on that roster. Probably. But I don't think that's the case this year. I don't know if you have one. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. Thank you for joining us. Clint Scott, Choice Woodman, in for Dr. Mike Gustafson. He will be back with us tomorrow. We assume live at Globe Life. Ben Poorman behind the glass taking care of us. Uh, if you're looking for any of the uh, coaches' shows or anything like that tonight, maybe a live sporting event, nothing tonight. We got nothing for you. It's empty. It's clear. 
We'll give you like some Fox Sports Radio. But we will have all sorts of stuff tomorrow. So this is we'll make up for it because we have several playoff games. And then, of course, Texas Tech baseball. Uh, starting off the Shriners Children College Showdown with the Tennessee Volunteers. See? So yesterday, Choice, Plans. you and I gave out a few superlatives for the season. So I'll remind you of some of the ones we did, okay, if you forgot. So yeah. we went we went team MVP of what we expected for this year's Red Raiders, and we both said Kevin Bazell. Uh, we were the same on the first three, actually. We gave uh, – <laughs> I forgot what we called these. I just wrote, I just realized. Gavin Cash was the home run king for both of us. Okay. And we went back to Kevin Pizzell for uh, RBI Prince. Uh, the golden arm, a la who we think will be the best starter this year, your pick was Kyle Robinson. Mine was Zane Petty. So pretty chalk on all of that. Very chalky. But I also think there's that's the fair way to do it because there's a reason why you have hype around all of those guys and expectations around all of those guys. Um, so I'm going to continue this just a little bit because what I was leading into at the uh, start of the show, and you were, you know, night one, what are you looking for? What are you interested in? And I think you went down a pretty good list of uh, what everybody is interested in. You know, Kyle Robinson, how does he look starting off the year on the mound? Pompey is a freshman. As we expect him to be the starting shortstop. What is just what does he look like on the field and live right. in game action? Uh, I'm curious though for the entire season. If if I gave you one player that you really focused in on, mm-hmm. and the great thing is you don't have to do this, but if you were to do this, whose season are you most interested in playing out? I think Pompey's probably. I don't know. Maybe it's Kyle Robinson. I think that's probably the one. Uh, Pompey's probably second on that list. But Robinson, because you didn't have a consistent season all the way through last year, I think he would be my answer uh, first. <coughs> I think uh, Zane Petty's also on that list, the the two pitchers that you expect the most out of this season. I think it'd be fair with, with the questions going into this year. And I say questions, not concern, just because uh, – you know, you you're trying to nail down that spot, and as much as it feels like you are confident on the batting side, and you're confident on the fielding side of things, you know, you're waiting to see what the pitching fully will look like. We know who your three starters are, yeah. At least for this weekend, um, does it stay that way? Does it stay that same order? Yeah. Who's your midweek guys? Who's your you know who's going to step up and be your your relief guys? So I think it's fair to go any sort of arm first yeah i think both of those guys i would uh I'm, I'm very honed in on i think um because you look at the you wonder okay why aren't they on more lists coming into the season and why aren't they getting more respect look at their eras from last year it's around five mm-hmm. and and that's because they weren't great in the middle of the season so i think they both finished extremely well, but I would like that's what I'm more honed in on is can either of those guys do it consistently through a whole season? And was that what and, and to me, was that a <coughs> you okay? I'll survive. Yeah. Did the button work? Oh. <laughs> I don't think I think it was coming through my mic even mm. with the button <laughs> shaking the whole <clears throat> room. My bad. Uh I you know the was that a, a youth 
situation for them with how their seasons went? Or For Petty, he was a true freshman. I, I think yeah. that one fits for him a little bit better. Um, was drafted pretty high. Uh, for Robinson, I just don't think he was as polished just yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's getting there. Uh, I think he's maybe there now. But those are the two. And then Pompey, just because, I mean, he looks the part right now. In, in practice, mm-hmm. in scrimmages, again, and the little bit that I've seen, but I'm also hearing things from other people like, hey, this guy's it. Mm-hmm. This guy's legit. Does Looks it trans- the part, plays the part. Yeah, does it yeah. translate, though? In in year one as a true freshman playing one of the pr- premier spots on the field at shortstop, um, that, that's where I sit with, with Pompey. I'm, I'm extremely excited uh, to see what he does. This year, the other guys, there's not really. I'm not really like, oh, how does his season go? I think we know what to expect from Gavin Cash. I think we know what to expect from Kevin Bazell. The next guy on that list for me might be Gage Harrelson. Harrelson, is that you? That's mine. Okay, yeah, I, I think Gage Harrelson. He's already, I guess, a a quote unquote. Uh, I would say he worked his way into being not not the fan favorite by any means, but one of them. Uh, certainly at, at certain points in the year whenever he had some games where he was having multiple hits and um, just following him along uh, as just a kid last year. Um, and now that it feels like, hey, center is yours, yeah. and you are fully replacing someone who you know didn't quite have the bat all the time, but as you split time and, and started to take that position away, um, you can, you know, the, the injury was certainly part of that last year. Um, but like center's yours, dude. Yeah. Um, it, it is all you. I, I like the way that he approaches the game. Um, I also think you know if it goes as we are ex- expecting it to be, not only to be nailing down that center spot, but as most likely your leadoff hitter um, and and setting the table early. And yep. so, can you consistently do that? Um, I I think he is not one quite getting lost in the shuffle. But it feels like we get to his name, uh, you know, later down on the list because you're starting with Bazell. You're you're talking about Gavin Cash, and I think you're talking about and what would be second on mine is another name here, like like Cade McGee, because yeah. expectation that he will come in and produce, nailing down that third base spot. Um, you know, it's not it's it's not a greenhorn coming in or yeah. anything like that. Um, <clears throat> But but Gage Harrelson uh, is someone who I feel like can just do a lot of things for you on the diamond. Um, yep. He can't. You just got to see it. And and, well, yeah, and you I saw mean, it last year. He had three twenty as a freshman yeah, last year. You he saw did it really last, well. And it's the it's the it's almost for me it's the it's almost the sophomore slump question. Yeah, I'm not expecting it. Well, I'm just I, saying, I but it, but it's something to look at. You look at the numbers early in the season versus late. He definitely dropped off, and and I don't know if it was between the ears or had a little confidence dip or what, but uh, it wasn't as good at the end of the season as he was early. In. And he struck out a little bit more towards the end of the season. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's some heavy expectations on Gage Harrelson to to be one of your veterans, and he is just a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's a that's another good one. I, I'm again. I, I think the pieces are there for this team. Oh, absolutely. The pieces are there. If they can put it together, this is a team that that can do a lot of things. And I would not be shocked if they went out and 
beat the preseason number eight team in the country tomorrow night. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by any result from that game. Any result. Blowout win on either side. It's it's game one of it's the opening night of the season uh, with two talented clubs going up against well, each other. Well, and you know what's going to happen either way. We're going to overreact. <laughs> well, there's not as much time to overreact in baseball because – there will be right around not, not even 24 hours worth yeah. of time, but we'll get it in. We Don't will worry. have another game I'm excited to do it. It is funny, though, with as many interesting storylines as I think you have on this roster um, that we just kind of, you know, you go to the unknown, right? You go to the Pompey yeah. uh, side of things, to the pitching. But, like, Gavin Cash, it, it feels like we're all just – accepting that you're not going to have the same number of home runs. It just feels like, that you, you know, you pitching-wise, you know what's going to happen to him. You know how they're going to approach him, all of that stuff. But, like, that's interesting to me. What if he does, though? Or, like, how close can you get this year? I, I think because that would take 20. I think my expectation is he's still going to flirt with 20. I, don't, I think it's a little unrealistic to say he's going to get 26 again, but I don't think it's unrealistic unrealistic to think he's going to get 20 he's he is a threat to go out of the yard every single time he's he steps to the plate the podcast that finishes your workday in a very red raider way this is the tech talk podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction it is tech talk here on double t 97.3 double t 97.3.com when scott choice woodman Call him a choister on the half shell. John Ben Jovi behind the glass taking care of us. Uh, if you're looking for any live sports, perhaps a coach's show or something like that, well, we'll just have a – I say we'll just. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Some uh, satellite radio for, radio for some you. people like Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. You do a good job. I just saw some news that uh, is a little sad. we got golf on in front of the TV. Is it, base, is it the baseball news? <laughs> or is it actually sad news? Wait, the baseball news? I thought you were going into Manfred. Oh no! What an odd man. Sorry, yeah. Go, go, we'll, we'll go to that next. You, 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 you go. Uh, no, Vern Lund, Lundquist uh, will call his 40th and final Masters. That's right. Yeah, uh, coming up this this April. So he's one. You know, we get in the conversation, especially us for what we do for a living. This pops up a lot because we have our own heroes and own inspiration and yeah. stuff. He's one that I feel like doesn't get thrown out a lot. Um, when you're throwing out all of like the classic big names, yeah, I love me some Vern Lundquist though. I am a, uh, I'm a big Vern fan. I got to meet him uh, this year. Did that happen in Austin, Texas? Oh, he was uh, he was upstairs at the uh, Tech UT game. So that was the one good memory I had in uh, <laughs> in Austin because the rest of the the day wasn't great. But I blacked out for the rest of the game. I don't remember what happened. No, so I, got to, to, uh, I got to I got to meet me. Vern and. Man, he's gracious. He, like, I thanked him for taking a picture with me, and he, he's like, "No, thank you." <laughs> he's like, "I'm like, oh, you're thanking me for what a sweetheart for taking a picture with you, the legend." Yeah. No, he was. He's because some people you meet, and you're like, "Man, that sucked." This guy's a total du- jerk. Uh, like, total what? <laughs> I was gonna say jerk the whole. <laughs> I almost said dirt. Like, <laughs> this is what I thought you were about to say. Dirk. I thought you, know, you were. I you were going all the way in. I thought you were about to call someone a Richard. <laughs> that is not. That <laughs> Vern Lundquist is a real Richard. No, but like there are there are guys. Sure, not you what meet you think. And it's like, yeah. man, 
Like, and I've heard stories about certain guys. It's just like, oh man, that's the way Gus is. He sounds like he's really nice, and then, but he's actually a rude British guy. Really? Yeah, he's even faking the accent. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that side of him yet, but well, you, he will meet you in person. Keep the illusion. Yeah. Um, but no, Vern was as gracious as nice as can be. So, uh, kind of sad. I mean, he's he's quite aged, so I understand him hanging it up. People say that about Jamie now that it's his birthday. Right. 50-year-old now. Ancient. I said aged, not ancient. Well, I said ancient. (laughs) I don't want Vern here and me call him ancient. He's (laughs) aged. But, no, he's he's always done a great job with with the pastors. And, of course, his happy Gilmore cameo. Mm -hmm. Can't forget that. Yeah. So, it was kind of sad to see that, but... Uh, you get one more with them. Well, how about what, what I thought you were going with, the breaking news six minutes ago? What an odd way to do this. Uh, Rob, Manfred's, Rob, Rob Manfred says his tenure as MLB commissioner will end in 2029. <laughs> <laughs> it is point? odd. That we're, what year are we in? 24? So it's five years from now. So he's basically signed a five-year deal. He, that's what he did today. Yeah. He what signed a, a five-year extension, and then at the end of this year, deal, he's like, okay, I'm going to announce my retirement after this five years. Do you think up. he's wanting, That's kind like, of a bold move, too. It's like, I'm not going to get fired in these next five years. I'm going to retire. Or do you think this is a, you know, when a, a lovable player, or not lovable, lovable is the wrong word, because not every single player that's done this, I would say, is lovable, but a respected and great athlete says this is my final year what happens everybody pours on the gifts yeah. for the entire so he's season wanting this so to he's wanting this to happen for five years <clears throat> I think you might be onto something maybe he gets five gifts from every single team okay that's what he's going for yeah make it happen cap uh this on the yates flooring center chat line what do you all think of the clay mcguire hire if you've missed this uh <clears throat> today like i missed it in the juice on accident whoops just meaning to start the juice with that. Uh, you know, the offensive line, this is something we talked about yesterday. We pretty much got this question every single day uh, since you have been searching for an offensive line coach uh, and since the separation of Hamby. And yeah, you mentioned that. Clay McGuire. That's one that obviously has major connections here, um, has been around, especially, I say, on the West Coast. West Coast of late. He was on the East Coast with East Carolina, but – um, has been a part of some terrific offenses following Leach up to Washington State, going to USC, and then back to Washington State. Uh, obviously, the connection is there. I think he's done a really good job with his offensive lines and uh, protecting the quarterbacks he's been in charge of with his units. Uh, so I like it. This is one of the first names we saw connected to this, and it's ultimately who it ends up being. Yeah, I, I think this is – this is a good hire, obviously. I'm stating the obvious. Um, you could have done a lot worse than Clay McGuire. Uh, this is an alum, so that's a, a plus. Mm-hmm. I don't like <clears throat> that, that, that some people always want it to be an alum. If you've got someone else like Joey McGuire who's not an alum and it works out, um, it's a good fit, then it's a good fit. And, and that doesn't have to be an end-all, be-all. But it happens that – Clay has experience here as both a player and a coach, and he's a well-respected guy in the game of college football and in the realm of offensive line. So, I think this is a, this is a very good get because you there are guys 
Um, there, there's three elements to coaching in college. There is the uh, recruiting element. Mm-hmm. There is the motivating element. Uh, and then there's the X's and O's part. And I, you can have coaches, the, the elite of the elite head coaches can do all three of those or surround themselves with guys that can do all three of those. And I think you had some, you've had some good recruiters on the staff, um, but you haven't seen just a ton of development. The X, X's and O's parts mm-hmm. um, and the development parts uh, on the offensive line in the last two years. And I think that's again not a shot at Hamby because it's been well beyond the last two years. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's something that you've got to improve on. And McGuire has a history. Clay McGuire has a. A history of of developing offensive lines. So I yeah I was gonna say I I really like that triangle that you've used before when I apply it to either coordinators or especially head coaches. But when you change it to development from X's and O's, um, when it comes to position coaches, to yeah. me it's that's a little more that's accurate for what you're it. looking yeah. for. And uh, that felt like such a huge need. Um, and again, I don't think any of us expected it to not be handy from. Uh, no. And and, and I, I, I get I get the signing and recruiting part, you know, maybe timing wise, maybe that played a part in it. Who, who knows what behind happened or, or what happened behind closed doors? Um, but the obvious was you needed a guy who can develop offensive line, and so far that has been a plus of uh, the new McGuire. Yeah, I know that's you're gonna, gonna have gonna to say Clay McGuire part. every time. We're gonna have to go with Clay or Clay McGuire. Clay can't even go Coach McGuire. It's definitely uh, that will be the toughest part of it all. Mm. But uh, you know, he molds a, them. A burden we like will Clay. bear if he's able to uh, mold them. Unfortunately, you had to, to get punny there. You speak. You just wanted to use a bear reference for Waco Whitman. I don't think so. You'll have to bear. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Y'all think Gerlich is on the hot seat. Some real bad losses, but injuries. Uh, no. I wouldn't call it a hot seat yet. Um, like I, I, To be on a hot seat, I think you have to be in danger of losing your job at the moment. Whether you're, you're the seat of your heat, the heat <laughs> of your seat uh, is heating up or not. Yeah. I think – and I don't think that's that's the case at all. And I don't, I don't, moment. I don't think. And even with the trajectory you're on, I don't think that's happening in the off season. Yeah, I, I, but I do think the seat could start hot next year. I think it could, it could start a little warm next year if things continue on the same path they are right now. Well, I mean, and, you're, you're just you at a point where you need. I mean, to be blunt, you you need to start seeing steps be taken. Yeah. There. Yeah, and and again, like. You said you're missing three key players right now. There are injuries, um, but it's you don't get passes for those kind of things mm-hmm. because you know macro level you just you, you've got to win games. It comes mm-hmm. down to that, and and, team, and you're still losing to teams that just doesn't seem like you should be losing to. Yeah, and, and it's just the offense. That's what it's come down mm-hmm. to. You need a new offensive coordinator in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> because it, you've struggled just to put the ball in the basket. And they had some good looks last night. Just could knock down shots. And it feels like it's a different thing every game lately. And the turnover side of it also and the slow start yeah, feels like has been consistent in the Big 12, at least since you've gotten to conference play. Tech Talk here at Double T 97.3. It's what's going on when we come back. 
It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Choice Woodman in for Dr. Mike Gustafson. He'll be back in tomorrow as we will be leading up to your first game of the season for Red Raider Baseball at the Shriners Children College Showdown. <laughs> I'm just, I'm shortening <laughs> Say it, it fast. I said, I shortened it to Shriners every time I say it just because. To the Shriners. No, just Shriners College Showdown. College Baseball Showdown. Oh, forgetting the children. That is not the point. I think choice. it's uh, it's assumed that Shriners is for the kids. So, like, okay, I'm just messing with you. Well, I'm, I didn't I'm mean a, to lead you into this. I don't. Yeah, I don't. How does the Shriners thing work? Because they were a sponsor of one tournament, but aren't they the ones that like? Do they sponsor it, or do they bring money to sponsor it, or do, or is this all out of like? Uh, I'm glad you've brought this donations. Question. Glad you brought this question to my uh, attention as an expert. Because I think, like when I think of Shriners, like they're taking the donations, right? So are they turning around and taking why the money? To go, like, why does this to sound like sponsor? it's turning into a conspiracy? It is. They take the money. They take the and money then what? Where does the money to go? Give it to the children, but do they take a portion of this money to go sponsor two baseball tournaments? Because they already had the one in Houston. <laughs> I truly don't know. I'm asking. So one of our tax is none people, of the money going to the children. Is I, it all baseball? That's is all the I care children about. a front? That's all I care about is that the money's going to the kids. That's all. I'm just just asking the question. I'm, Investigative I'm not, journalism needs to live. I feel so. like you're gonna have that Charlie Day meme, like in your basement, where you got like the red strings of everything, and you just look insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, this on the chat line. Kind of have a big basketball game coming up in two days. Really, you are. On a two-game, well, you've won back-to-back games. I was going to say streak. Today feels like Friday because the Monday game, like it feels mm-hmm. like it's been so long. Right. It feels like you should be on the eve of your game already. But you're not. The eve, eve. The eve, You're eve. on the baseball eve. That'll yeah. get you by. Yeah. Um, you are going to Ames looking to take down the Cyclones in a place they have yet to be beaten this year. We got this question. What do y'all what do y'all expect in Ames? Do we keep it close or do they win by double digits? You would not be the first conference team, by the way, that they have taken it to in their house. You know, um if I'm having to throw money down on this, which I'm not. You feeling okay? I would probably bet I don't really bet sports. I would probably bet that uh, Iowa State's going to beat you by double digits because I look at Iowa State as one, and and it's not an indictment of Texas Tech at all. It's they are one of the top two teams in the league to me, clear cut. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. At this moment, Iowa State doesn't mean it can't change, but right now, Iowa State, yes, their record shows they're one of the top two teams in the league, but I also just think that that's how they've played up to this point. And Style they've been overlooked play, the way they have beaten teams. Yeah. Choke the life force out of some teams. Yeah. So you're going up against one of the best two teams in the league. You face the other one on the road and it didn't go well. Lost by 20 plus. And then you still that's have Houston. the Warren Washington questions which was an, which was addressed 
earlier today, and it's game time decision. Yeah, which I is hope- good to hear. Non, I guess doesn't seem as lengthy, even if he doesn't play. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm completely wrong. Um, I hope they go in and and win on the road because this team seems to handle outside of your one game. The the team has handled road atmospheres very well. You were very undermanned against Baylor, mm-hmm. and played them well for the most part. No, nope. and you lost that game by what six? Um, but this team's even better than Baylor to me. Um, oh yes, yeah. And this is one of the top three, including your own home, uh, one of the top three most difficult places to play in the Big 12 Conference. I I would argue that this is the most balanced team in the Big 12 because the way that they spread it out and the way that they involve each other, if you do have a guy that plays significant minutes for them like a a Taman Lipsy, if he has an off night, he's going to be picked up by the other guys. That's the way they've been all year. Or if a Kashawn Gilbert is having an off night and not getting the numbers that he's used to, you have so many guys that hang around that 9 to 10 range past just the starters, um, and they have so many bodies that they can throw at you. Because the other thing, this is a deep Iowa State team. Um, And this, the way that I felt about the Cyclones is they don't have a guy that I necessarily think would be like, boy, when it comes to postseason awards – look for this guy as a Big 12 player of the year. But at the same time, I, I think that they are are the most balanced and the most even um, and are certainly talented. I'm not saying that they're not. It's just they don't have like a, a shed on their team. They don't have a Kevin McCuller or Dickinson sort of guy. Um, they don't have a, a, you know, a Jacoby Walter type player. Mm-hmm. They just have a bunch of guys who produce – have bought in a hundred percent to what Ultzerberger wants to do. Bless it you. is not a fun style of basketball to go up against. It's not all the way of what like press Virginia was in those days, mm-hmm. but man, they play hard. Um, they don't put up just, which if you're looking for a positive, uh, they don't put up the best rebounding numbers, Yep. but man, they just do everything right. And, and they give you nothing. And so you are going to have to work really hard to find open shots, and then you're going to have to make them You know, yeah, on that's, the road. That's what it comes down to, as, as stupefying as it is. Stupefy. I, it's going to come down to whether you're hitting the shots or not. And, and, you, and, and this feels like a given, but you've you got to take care of the ball. Take care of the ball, rebound, and hit shots. That's, those are the three for this game. Um, can't give up a lot of second chance points. That's that feels like that's a key going into any game for Texas Tech yeah, this year, sure. Because you haven't done that consistently. I mean, but Texas Tech is one game back of Iowa State in the standing, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and dismiss the Red Raiders' chances to go win in Ames. I don't think you've won there since uh, you celebrated on their floor a Big Twelve championship in 2019. I, th- I think that was the last time you were able to to win in Ames. It's a very difficult building to win in. So I maybe it's me, you know, setting my expectations low because I don't want to be dis, don't want to be disappointed, but it's it's a fan it, this is your toughest game left on the schedule. No no question about it. The toughest game that you've got left. I think it was your second toughest game of the entire season I, I outside agree. of Houston on the that, road because that's that was how the I look toughest. at it right now. Yeah. Uh we'll see 
We'll see on the other side, again, if Tech goes mm-hmm. in and surprises and wins. Because I think Grant McCaslin um, is one of the best coaches in college basketball at finding a way to win and for his team to play well on the road. Mm-hmm. You look and, – and the Big 12 is the toughest league to play everywhere in college basketball. It's tough to play on the road. But you, you look at the teams within this league and some of the atmospheres that you've got, it's extremely difficult to win away from home. But you look at what Grant McCaslin did at North Texas before – you look at two of the early road wins you've had. I think you're going to win a couple more games away from home this year. This wouldn't be one I'd predict, though. I mean, yeah, when you're stacking this up against road games to UCF, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State, one of these is not like the others. Yeah. Uh, and it's what's on Saturday. Now, I'll say if you have the same sort of defensive performance as you did on Monday night and you have the same sort of effort, you're going to absolutely hang in this game and have a chance. Um I think that's what can you weather the storm and not get knocked out early. Um, And even if you get behind, just keep plugging away, plugging away, plugging away, because what Iowa State likes to do is make teams fold. (laughs) That's why, again, that's why it's not fun to play against them, especially at Hilton. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.